Welcome to Padmuchun, Armenian History Podcast. Padiyagak Padmuchun, Hayots Padmuchiana Podcast. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. Today we're going to talk about Tigran the Great, as we say in English, or Tigran Metz, as we say in Armenian. Uh, and again, this is Father Tadios Barserian. And I'm Peter Haginian. Today we are talking about another important figure in our history. And by the way, we don't try to, you know, to talk about in chronological kind of timeline. You know, yeah. Haig now, Haig son, and then yeah. son, and then who was next? Let's talk. No, it's just any topic we, we are interested. Yeah, we, any we topic. We like to talk about. So today we chose... Tigran the Great. Tigran the Great. Tigran So who is he? So just if you've, if you've never heard of this guy, Tigran the Great, he was an Armenian Which king. Which is hard to imagine that. Nobody, no nobody one's ever heard of him. Any yes. Armenian ever, ever. I mean, he's like, you never heard about Vartan Mamigonian. You've never heard of Vartan Mamigonian? Yeah. But still, if you haven't heard. Here we, here we go. Tigran the Great. Tigran the Great, he was an Armenian king who lived and reigned in the first century before Christ. Under Tigran, Armenia became the strongest state to Rome's east. But also, the territory, this is the, the largest empire Armenia ever had, from the Caspian Sea to the Mediterranean Sea. Right, probably the most powerful king that we ever had. Then the, the, the expression that we have, Armenia, from sea to sea, Zovis Zov, as we say in Armenia, comes from Tigran the Great, because he was able to do that. Uh, so that's why Tigran so is important for all of us. It's also, I also uh, love the story of Tigran the Great, because... This is when the times where the Armenians really wrestle with the world powers on the world stage. Right. So wasn't there a time we did? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we the Armenians were always around. So to set the scene a little bit and to tell you a little bit kind of about the world before Tigran the Great showed up, he was born in 140 BC. Uh, and he was king of Armenia from 95 B.C. to 55 B.C. But to get the full, full story of how impressive his reign was, we have to go back a little bit. 332 B.C., Alexander the Great conquers the known world. His armies roll over all, all over everything. The Armenians were there, by the way, but they backed the, wrong, they backed the wrong power. They were backing the Persians, who lost to Alexander at the Battle of Gaugamela. And then 10 years later, Alexander the Great dies, and his generals split up the empire. Mm -hmm. So, what this means is that in the part of the world that Armenia is, you have the Parthians, the Persians, you have the Seleucids, uh, which control Mesopotamia or the old Babylon, and then you have a couple of smaller powers throughout them. You have like Judea, the Isra Israelites right. were in Judea, you have the Armenians, you have uh, Pontus, which but there is... is also another power from the West, the Roman Empire. Yes, the Roman Empire is so growing the, the up. The major was Parthian, uh, you know, Persia. And between uh, and Roma, these two major powers, and Armenia was in between, kind of. And Alexander the Great never made it to Armenia, never came through Armenia, no. or never did anything in Armenia. It was just Armenia probably at that time was not as strategically was not as important for Alexander the Great. But Tigran, uh, going going back to uh, going back to Tigran, Tigran's uncle, Artavas, mm -hmm. right? He lost the battle to Parthian, to uh, to Persians. How do you call it? Parthian? Parthian? Parthians. Yeah. Parthians. Right? You can say Persians or Parthians. Parthians, uh, because they were par Parthian family. They were Persians still. Yeah. Um, he lost the battle, and, and there was this strange custom at that time, right? Uh, that if you lose a battle, 
you, you become a vassal, kind of. You become a, a subject to that major power. And in order for, for, kind of for them to keep you under that pressure, they would take one of your family members oh. <laughs> and keep them in the palace. Yeah. So Artavas, Tigran's uncle, he gives Tigran to, to Persians and says, well, take Tigran. Yeah. My, my, my nephew, and, and you keep them in the palace, you keep them under in, in, in captivity, kind of, uh, and, and for, for you to make sure that I'll be, uh, I won't rebel anymore, I won't do anything crazy, I, I'll, I'll just be a very nice boy, <laughs> very, nice, very nice guy. Um, so that was the custom at that time. So Digan grew up not in Armenia, probably most of his life. That's really interesting because he, he was 45 when he took the throne. Right, he came, he came back to uh, Armenia. When there was, there was the no, no other king, Tigran was given a chance to go back to Armenia. And that was probably a way for the, the, the Persians had, since they had raised him, since he had right. grown up in Persia, if he goes back and right. becomes king of Armenia, he'll be good to the Parthians, be good to the Persians. Right. That, because he was influenced by them, right? Yeah. Educated. And, but he had to do something in order to become a king of Armenia. Yeah. So he said, the per, per Persians, they say, if you give us the 70 valleys, there was okay. the territory called 70 valleys, we'll let you go back and okay. become a king of Armenia. He was 45 at that time already. He was not young. And that's how he, he said, okay, I'll give you the 70 valleys. But I want, I want to be king of Armenia. So Tigran, when he came to power, he was 45, and he already knew a lot about uh, strategy, about politics, about geopolitics of that time, about world power. That's very interesting. And I've always thought he had to be a good diplomat mm -hmm. because of how the way, you know, how the way his rule went with conquering and all these different things. You know, and one, of the, one of the interesting things is he... He married this woman named Cleopatra, who was the daughter of Mithridates, who was mm -hmm. the king of Pontus, the Mithridates, Pontic kingdom. Right, Pontus. Mithridates. Uh, if you think about it, that's a very big strategic move because Mithridates was, he was known as the poison king because the way that you would get rid of people that were trying to, usurpers who were trying to take your throne would be that they would poison your food and then you'd die and then, you know, your younger brother or younger sister, whoever gets to take the throne. So Mithridates would take a little bit of poison every day <laughs> to make himself immune to, to you know, the po to being poisoned. This comes back later. This is, you know, this is something to think about later. But this guy also hated the Romans. Right. And he, he was the enemy of the Romans. He was the enemy of the Romans. And he's down in history. If you know your Roman history, there's three scourges of Rome. Hannibal, Attila, and Mithridates. Hmm. And Mithridates got on that list because one day, he must have orchestrated this over a while, but he convinced everybody in Asia Minor to one day we're just going to kill all the Romans. Because the Romans had been uh, setting up colonies in, in Asia Minor. They had been sending troops over. Because the Romans, they always needed money. Like any major power. Any, like any, right, any <laughs> major power. They always are hungry for money. Hungry more. for money. They were called rapacious. Wealth. Yeah, wealth. So they would come in and send an army into you know, Asia Minor and steal some wealth and then go back to Rome and be rich or whatever. Um, so Mithridates convinced a whole bunch of cities to kill all of, on one night, kill all of the Roman citizens. This was called the Asiatic Vespers kill all the Roman citizens in one night. We're going to basically expunge the Romans out of Asia Minor. Wow. I, I read it was about 80,000 people. Or yeah, 80,000 to 100,000 numbers. It's a, it's, in the, it's a lot of people. Um, right. And what this did was the Roman Senate, this made the Romans go, hold on a second, there's problems in the East. we got to start sending armies to conquer these guys. Mm-hmm. 
So the Romans now come in, and now we have what's known in history as the Mithridatic Wars. Tigran the Great, well, he's not the great yet, but Tigran is married to this guy's daughter. Right. And so now he's, he's wrapped up in this. He has, to, he has to deal with the Romans. He has to juggle the Romans now as well as his father-in-law and everything else that's going right. on. What is interesting I, uh, about all of this is that you know, there is these two major powers from east and west. There's Persia and Rome. And then there's two powers in between Armenia and Pontus. And Persia is not doing well at that time. They right. have all this kind of within their kingdom, all these fights for throne, for power. and So they are not as strong at that time. There is Rome, on the other hand. And these two powers in, in, in between, uh, who, are, who may not be as powerful as their, as their enemies, uh, they have no choice but to be together. Yeah. And in order for... Uh, in order for them to seal kind of that friendship that they are allies from now on, was the, the custom was that one of them, they would marry the other one's daughter. Mm -hmm. right? That was the custom of that. So that's what Tigran did. Yeah. He, he married, Mihardades' daughter. That was, now they become family. Yeah. What was interesting about Mihardades, uh, one, one of the scholars was, Mihardades actually became a king in, uh, in, in one of the regions in Armenia, either, either Topkor or something like that. Komageni, Komageni yeah. probably, yeah. So he became king first there, then he became. Uh, so the, he had connection with Armenia. Yeah. And all his treasures yeah. he kept in Komageni. Okay. Not in a, so that gives Not you an idea that you don't keep your treasures in a captured land, but you keep your treasures in your homeland, in yeah. a place that yeah. you feel at home. So he was... Uh, he was very connected to Armenian, uh, yeah. Armenian nation, Armenians, and, and that was kind of a natural alliance between between the two of them, between Tigran and, yeah. uh, and Mihardades. But then, yeah, go, now Tigran comes to power. Tigran in comes Armenia, to power, and, yeah. And he realizes there is an opportunity. Right, right. There is an opportunity for for Armenian, and he had vision. I think uh -huh. he becomes a king in a, he's enthroned as a king. In, in, in not in the capital of Armenia, but in a small village in hmm. Armenia. We'll talk about that later, why he becomes a king in that region and why this, 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 this small village was so significant. Tigran, huh. now what, 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 okay, did he, so what did he do and why he, is, he, is he famous? So into this world. So we set up the geopolitics of this. So Tigran now gets the, world, gets the throne. So Armenia is a decently wealthy country, not, like we've said, the biggest, most wealthiest, but it's known for its cavalry, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's generally at peace. Well, things really heat up when, with the Asiatic Vespers, so Mithridates. By the way, Pontus is, the kingdom of Pontus is on the north coast of Turkey on the Black Sea. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of imagine... Today is north, Turkey. At that time, there was Turkey. no Turkey. There was no Turkey. <laughs> Northwest of there Armenia. Was no, there, was no, there was no ancient Turkey. There's no Asian Turkey, yes. Ancient, ancient. Ancient Turkey. At <laughs> um, that time, there was no Turkey. <laughs> so af after this, when the Romans send the troops... When Mithridates says to his son-in-law, Tigran, he says, listen, uh, you focus on the east, mm -hmm. I'll focus on the west. And I remember reading somewhere that there was a deal that whatever territory that they would conquer, right. Tigran would get the land and Mithridates would get the slaves. No. How, what was it? Mithridates would get the land and Tigran would get the wealth of all, okay. all of it. There we go. But what Tigran does do is he does focus on the east. Mm -hmm. And... The Parthians are squabbling, so he starts, instead of conquering Parthia, he kind of conquers the kingdoms around, Gordian, kind of in... Well, the first one he conquers is what? 
70 valleys. 70 valleys, right. Those he 70, takes those because 70 valleys back. He gave back. them the 70 yes. valleys because they, they wanted 70 valleys in only for So the first territory that he conquers is the 70 valleys. The 70 valleys. <laughs> he returns the 70 valleys. And that's, those, that's basically between Lake Van, Lake Sevan, right? And there's kind of southern, southern uh, Caucasus. Mm -hmm. That's where the 70 valleys are. Uh, you know, today's east of, east of Armenia, a little bit towards Persia, you know, there is 70. Uh, North, of course, today is, there are different names, different yeah. names today. Yeah. And it's hard to, uh, it's hard to say exactly the territory. Well, let's say this. That. I mean, we know that part of this is he conquers the Caspi on the Caspian Sea, and then he kind of moves southwest. Mm -hmm. He moves southwest. Moves towards Judea, towards, towards Judea. Nineveh, towards, uh, he, he captures Comagene too, yep. I think the... And then uh, he had his uh, his uh, crown, right, mm -hmm. uh, Tigran, yeah. which had kind of, uh, if you saw if you saw it, maybe uh, uh, maybe on our website, if you yeah. have a website, we can show some of the pictures. They are important. Uh, Tigran had a coin right here, yes. an important coin, and he had the the crown too. In uh, and, and in Komagene, they 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 create their own their own coins for Tigran. Dedicated to Tigran, yeah. and he had the same crown. Too. Yeah, he had the same the Armenian uh, crown. crown. That's um, yeah, that's a good point because the Armenian, the coin of Tigran the Great is one of the masterpieces of Armenian coin history and everything. But it's also a portrait we have. We know what he looks like, right? Because he struck coins and it has his face on it, so we know what this guy looked like, right? With this king, and as he went and down, it's pretty pretty clear. There, yeah, you know, the, it's the very coin. clear, and, and they are probably. It, it talks about the wealth, enormous, enormous wealth that he created. That there are so many of these coins left. Mm -hmm. That there are a lot of collectors. You know, yeah. they have. Does your father have a coin? My too? father. Had, I actually have a Tigran the Great. Oh really? Yeah. And um, when I was in uh, Yerevan uh, at the um, at the Vernissage, they sell T-shirts with a picture Which of Tigran the, the Great coin. Yeah, I saw. I saw that too. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's very wealthy. You know, the, one of the other things he does, he conquers the seventy valleys. He's going now towards the Mediterranean. He goes to per Persia, Parthian uh -huh. kingdom. He he captures kind of part of it, and the and the king of Parthia at that time, because they were having all these uh, fights. You know, one thing we have to admit is that if Persia was was the, the peak of their power, Tigran wouldn't be able to do any of this. Yes, they were yeah. weak themselves and. And, and it was the right time, and, and that's the uh, you know genius of Tigran that he realized this is the time to do it. Yeah. There is no better time to do it than yeah. now. Let let me her daughters take care of the Rome, keep them busy. Yeah. And <laughs> and and these these Persians are are kind of in in uh, in not the best situation. Let me take advantage of that. And that's what he did. And and the king in order, Parthian king, he says, I'll give you the the title. And that title was important because yes. that title was the title Arka, it's Arka, king of the kings. Yeah. So Tigran takes that title away from uh, from kind of people who who kind of capture him for many centuries. Yeah. He grew decades. up with them. He grew yeah. up with them. And there must have been some mutual respect. I mean, this this happens a lot where kings will invade and then get invaded and back and forth. So. There must have been a sense of, okay, you beat us this time. We'll give you the title. It's good to see you, Tigran. Yeah. You know, call it Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Your time. Your time to shine. It's your time to shine. We'll see you in a couple of years when you get old, and you can give it back yeah. to us. And every time they returned to Armenia, it was always ugly. It was not, not good. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was not, uh, not, not good. Um, 
But at that time, Armenia was a, was a powerful, powerful nation. I mean, he got it, including he got to Nineveh. He yeah. got all the way to Nineveh. He got all the way almost to Judea, I think. Yeah, he, got, he conquered Phoenicia. And so today is Israel, Israel, Israel yeah. And, um, Lebanon, Syria. The Syrians uh, who were fighting against, the, remember the Seleucids, the mm -hmm. descendants of Alexander the Great's generals? They sided with Tigran, and they mm -hmm. said, we're going to give you our crown, mm -hmm. and essentially ending the Seleucid Empire. For right. 300 years, this is now over, because Tigran the Great, yeah. on his way. One thing I think we have to make it clear that uh, all these nations living in the Mediterranean, uh, in the northern part, or, they were not really interested in wars. Mm -hmm. They were traders. They were just yeah. uh, you know, trading on the sea, and, and, but Tigran, they needed Tigran. Because Tigran could, uh, was, was power, yeah. he had power, and he was able to uh, kind of uh, uh, pirates on the sea or anything who, oh, were, yeah. who were bothering them, all these traders, they needed a knight of power to protect them. And Tigran was able to give them some power. I mean, yeah. um, we have to realize that you know, when he captured all these nations or occupied, they didn't become right away Armenia or Armenia land. Yeah. It was just going and now I'm, I'm, I'm the boss here, I, I, de I decide who is who and what is what, and, but they never became kind of a Armenian yeah. land. It was a, it was a political, right. political yeah. empire that was the, That was the times, and, you yeah. know, that's how you would, they, you would conquer lands at yeah. that time. Yeah. And take so it. he gets to Syria and, and Phoenicia and he, he, this is vast I mean, land, I mean, it's not just, you know, yeah, one or two countries, but it is it is it is huge, right? He's he's done as much as he can in the east, mm -hmm. and now he's now he has to kind of help Mithridates a little bit with the Romans because the Romans are sending uh, they're sending general after general, and one of the things that's interesting to note when you read this history is Ro the Roman Senate is made up. You know, this is right before the empire, so it's still the Senate, it's still the Roman Republic. And if you come from a poor family, one way you can do to make, if you don't come from one of the rich patrician families, one way you can make your name in the Roman Senate is by becoming a general. And, or let's say you're, this, you're the second son of some famous guy. Right. You go become a general, you go into the east, you kind of conquer some people, win some battles, bring back some booty, and now you, now you kind of make a name for yourself by mm -hmm. going out to the east. They also needed to, these armies had to get paid Mm -hmm. And they essentially would get paid by, the, the generals would say, if you conquer this city, if we can get in and get the city's coffers, you guys right. can take this much and this and that. So, so they always needed to conquer more land. Always needed to conquer more land and always needed to conquer rich land. Wealthy cities. Wealthy cities. So the first, uh, I'm going to read, I'm going to find my notes so I can get these names of these guys right. So Lucullus, the Roman general, you know, is chasing Mithridates, mm -hmm. and Mithridates ends up in Armenian territory, in territory he of lost, Tigran. He lost the battle, right? He lo yep. loses the first battle to yeah. Rome, I think, at yes. that time. What first happened, though, was that Lucullus asked Tigran and said, give up Mithridates. Because he was hiding in Armenia. Yeah, he's hiding. Give him up. And Tigran... Give, give, give up your father-in-law. Give up your father-in-law. And Tigran realized if he did that, he'd be capitulating to Rome, and Rome would treat them as a vassal yeah. state. And Tigran said, no, I'll be happy to give up my mother-in-law. But <laughs> 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 I can't do that one. I can't do that one. <laughs> what, what about my mother? <laughs> and the Romans said, no, no, no. She's always wanted to go to Rome. <laughs> because she, 
<laughs> she always been wanting to visit the busy room. But the Romans said, no, 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 we don't need, we need your father. We need, we need Mithridates. So Tigran says, nope, they go to battle, and Tigran loses, but he escapes with his cavalry. So he loses the battle, he escapes with the cavalry. Lucrius gets some gold, goes back well, to Rome. Well, there is an interesting point here. Um, uh, Tigran learns that Lucullus invaded Armenia. And, and the re there is a reason why he didn't give his father-in-law. Uh, because he knew that Lucullus doesn't have permission from the Senate to invade another country. Ah. So he knew that Lucullus doesn't have that authority to do that. He will never do that. But Lucullus against that went against all of that, and he invaded Armenia. And Tigran was surprised. Tigran was kind of, this is, this is a shock. That's why he came back. So he comes back, the, the capital that he, we forgot to talk about that, oh, yeah. we'll go back to that, the capital is kind of occupied. So he, was, he brought 66,000 people only with him. He thought, you know, we don't need that. But, but with these 6,000, he was able to go through the Roman Empire, go into the city and take, to take the queen and bring out the queen and all the treasures. So he talks about how Roman, Romans, they talk about, if you read the history of, from the Roman perspective, it says yeah. the Romans, they came, they invaded, they killed everybody, the city, and burned all this, all that. But there is another side of the story that says, no, actually, they were, they were not that you know, powerful. They didn't do as much as you, you may describe. Is the 6,000 people that Tigran had, they were able to go in, bring the queen out, bring the treasures, all of that out, only with 6,000 people. So, uh, uh, and then Tigran started attacking them on the way, kind of. Yeah. With short, with Armenian cavalry, kind of attacking on, on, the, on uh, some roads and kind of making them weaker and weaker and weaker. And then, and then at the end, Lucullus, he lost the battle, right? He lost yeah. one of the battles from Armenian history. It's interesting that Roman historians, when they describe this battle, they say, oh, oh when they talk about the, 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 the capturing the, the capital, they say, Armenians lost 105,000 people. And Romans lost only five soldiers. <laughs> 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 so that sounds kind of ridiculous, you know, if you think about the battles of the time. But the historians, Roman historians, they say, oh, Lucullus' soldiers, they kind of didn't want to fight because they were homesick. They wanted yeah. to go home. Yeah. That's why they lost. <laughs> but in reality, they lost to Tigran. Wow, uh, imagine being a Roman uh, historian and all the things you have to invent to make the Romans sound good. Yeah. Rome Talk, lost... Talking about fake yeah. news. Rome <laughs> lost zero people. Well, someone had to die. Okay, we lost two. Make it a little bit more. Five. Five. five, okay. five, five Why didn't they fight very hard? Well, they were tired and they were weak. Uh, let's say they were homesick. Homesick. Genius. Let's, let's put them. Well, talk, they wanted to come because they're always homesick, right? <laughs> talk, talk about this, the city then, the capital that Tigran built. So Tigran, uh, you know, imagine um, he captured all this, all this land. Mm-hmm. And the old capital was kind of, uh, you know, uh, the kind of became the, on the borders of our, today's Armenia, yeah. today's land that Tigran had, today's kingdom yeah. that Tigran had. So the capital was far away. Yeah. So he created the, the place that he was enthroned and became a king. In the same place, he built his new capital, uh. which was Tigranakert, the capital of Tigranakert yeah. um, in western Armenia today, which is eastern Turkey, today's eastern yeah. Turkey. But besides that, he built many other Tigranakirs around. Yeah. In 2006, in Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, uh -huh. they did some excavations, they did some uh, research, and, and they found another Tigranakir in Artsakh. So the reason he was doing this, he created this network, all these cities, 
and there was this huge network among the cities. And Tigran Agir was huge. There are Roman historians who describe how beautiful and how huge uh, the, the, walls. the walls of the city were. And, and there were places for horses, hotels, yeah. and places for them to be. How huge the city, how wealthy the city was, Tigran Agir. Because Tigran has Tigran. But the way that, uh, that Romans, they entered the city uh, was because there were a lot of Greek people serving in the city. Tigran was able to bring a lot of other yeah. nations. Every time we captured, they, you know, they, were, they had an agreement, right? The yeah. slaves, and yeah. so the slaves opened the door. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so the, well, you it's know. not Armenians, <laughs> but the slaves opened the door, and, and, and Lucullus was able to go into the city. But actually, of course, Tigran took the treasures and the queen and uh, everybody out from the city, his family. Oh, and that's why you were saying before, he, he must have had a vision because right. of where he was crowned. Right, he must, he must have had some this global yeah. vision, what he yeah. was creating, right? Yeah. 45 years old, he, was, he, he already knew what he wanted to do. Go be, going back to what happens, the historical, what happens you know, to Mithridates and uh, Tigran okay. next. So, so, Mithridates, so uh, after Lucullus, a couple other generals come, but in 67, the Romans sent a general named Pompey to find Mithridates and, and to kind of fight with Tigran too. Because at this point, the Armenians are known as a power and known as being wealthy. And the Romans had Mithridates to worry about. Now they've also are a little bit like, well, we've got to watch Tigran because mm -hmm. he's conquered all this territory. So Pompey ends up cornering Mithridates in the Crimea. Right. All the way on the northern side of the He, he, he of escapes the Black to sea. Crimea, right? He escapes, Mithridates, yeah. Because his son was the king of Crimea. Yeah. Mithridates' son was in Crimea. He escapes up there, and Pompey surrounds. There's a, the, the legend is there's a castle that he's in. Mm -hmm. Pompey and the Romans surround it, and there's no way out. And so Mithridates says, I, this is the end. i got to commit suicide. But remember, he's been taking poison his whole life, so he's immune to poison. So that would be the way that they would normally do it. They'd take a poison pill, and they'd be done. He can't do that <laughs> because, he's because he's immune to the poison. So he has his, his standard bearer, his lance bearer, has to stab him. Really? And that's how he ends up dying because he refuses to fall into the hands of the Romans. So There was an embarrassment for it them. It would be an embarrassment, yeah. Because what the, what the Romans would do is that they would capture you and then they'd go back to Rome. And as a general, if you had done a big ca campaign or whatever, you have what's known as a tribute in Rome. You get to march through downtown Rome center of Rome, show off all your soldiers, show off all the stuff you've captured, including kings. Kings would be dragged through this, you know, foreign kings would be dragged through the streets of Rome in shackles to show, hey, here's so-and-so from this part, wow. this is so-and-so. I'm glad times have changed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, times have changed. We don't too. have that downtown St. Paul, downtown the governor coming. Live televised, <laughs> you're trying to watch the Vikings, they're like, we interrupt this programming to bring you because a live the televised. governor brought another governor yeah. to the... <laughs> But that, that or the tie with <laughs> But so, that's what happened to Digran's son. Yeah. Yes. Right? Aravazi is the second. That's that's a whole another podcast. That's a whole too. Another We're gonna story. come back to in that. Egypt. That's in what Egypt, happened yes. to him. So Mihradatis commits suicide and Mihradatis he, he commits suicide. So now Pompey is all like, Okay, I got rid of this guy. What can I do? But in the meantime Tigran? Romans convinced per Parthians to attack Armenia too. Yes. Kind of they were they were he was he was these Romans they were not they were smart. I mean, they used another enemy against today's enemy, current enemy they yeah. had, right? Yeah. So they used me. So they they convinced them. You know, Tigran captured your land. This is your opportunity. You attack Tigran. 
but Tigran was able to, uh, you know, to fight them back, and yeah. Tigran was able to, uh, to kick them out of Armenia, and, and that's why Pompey had to come to Armenia himself. He had to come to Armenia, and he he marched into Armenia. So now Tigran the Great is seventy five years old. So he's an old guy. This has been thirty five years of of you know campaign, campaign of wars, of wars, wars and, and and this and that. He wants to retire. Pompey. He wants to retire. Yeah, so from all of that. Yeah, place. and he. And uh, you have to remember that a lot of his wars and battles, he would be in a cavalry too. He would yes. be fighting again next to soldiers too, alongside the soldiers too. So he wasn't able to do that anymore. And, yeah. and he realized that, uh, this, you talk about how genius he was, he realized that he cannot go against the world. Yeah. Against the, he cannot be himself alone against Parthian, against Rome, against everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why he... Um, yeah, there probably was a sense of he lost his most trusted ally when Mithridates died. It was fine, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, Mithridates was his father-in-law, so he was older. So there's, it's also a little strange to think of how old Mithridates might have been and, and whether Tigrans kind of knew that the end was coming or what. But he surrendered so that his... Uh, they had an agreement, right? They had an Pompey, agreement uh, with Pompey, so the city wouldn't be destroyed. Again, going back to him being a diplomat, not only was he treated as a gentleman, Tigran the Great, but he was allowed to keep the title King of Kings. Right. And his one son, Tigran the Younger, who oh, yeah. over years had been trying to either get the Parthians to unseat his dad or the Romans to unseat his dad so that he could become king, he ends up being sent to Rome in shackles. He betrays yes. Tigran. He betrays Tigran, and Pompey instead of putting him on the throne, sends him to Rome as a prisoner and puts Artavazes II on the throne, which was Tigran's other son, right. who I mean, he was, was a fascinating guy beautiful, himself. He was a wonderful general and so powerful, yeah. but none of his sons kind of, they were so uh, as successful as he, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or as smart as, as he was. Uh, yeah. I mean, Artavaz, he wrote some poems and all of that, but, but in terms of uh, uh, military power, in yeah. terms of uh, you know, royal power. Yeah. And real or, or even being a statesman. Or even being, being a diplomat. I mean, they yeah. were they were not as as uh, you know as smart as um, probably it was the uh, Mihirdadis' son. <laughs> <laughs> they took that out. They took that out. So he so yeah he said he retires. So Tigran doesn't he doesn't have to leave Armenia. He gets to live the rest of his life in Armenia. He thought that he, I need to save my country because yes. he was so patriot and he was he was a. Uh, he loved Armenia, I think. He, he did all of that. And he was able to uh, just, uh, you know, provide a wonderful life to all Armenians at that time. You know, mm -hmm. enormous and, uh, wealth that he accumulated from all the uh, campaigns and wars that he led. And, and, and the rest of the time was peaceful. So that, that's the end of the story of Tigran the Great, but now, you know, what does it mean to us? I mean, for me, I think of this as a defining aspect of the Armenians. Tigran gave us a political identity of we're not, we're people that, that have a military history and a, a empire. We had mm -hmm. an empire at one point, you know, right. as opposed yeah, to being a, always a second state or the third or fourth or fifth power in, in, a, in a region. We were the power in the region for a while there. He stood up to the Parthians, he stood up to the Romans, he ended the Seleucid Empire. I mean, these are all three really impressive feats. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I think that it created not only a wealth in Armenia that became kind of, uh, Rome saw that as interesting, but I think it created a mystique in the eastern side of Rome. 
because you talk about the Armenian crown or the Armenian tiara that Tigran had, and he wears it, and you know, all the coins we have, he's wearing it, his sons wear it. The Romans would strike coins when they would conquer mm -hmm. places. They would strike, you know, one side Mark Antony, right. the other side they would play the place conquered. The Armenian tiara shows up on a number of coins mm -hmm. because they would go in and, and fight the Armenians and get some wealth and come back out. So Augustus had a coin, Trajan had a coin, Mark Antony, they all struck coins specifically referencing Armenia Captiva and our campaign capturing Armenia or Armenian wealth. Right, it was. So this is over the next hundred years. Here we are again, showing up in the history books, you know, not just Armenian history books, but any, anybody's history book. And also as an uh, American Armenian, the only time I would see Armenia on any map in any book really? in school was at this time. They pulled down the map, they'd show you the Romans, the Parthians, and here's Armenia right in the middle of it. <laughs> and that, you know, that's a point of pride. Right. When, when, there's, when there's nothing else, you know, that, that people are like, what are you talking about? Where is this place? Yeah. So, and that, that's, what, that's why I get excited about Tigran, yeah. what it means to me. What about to you? What about this story? Well, I, I think we have this tendency as, uh, as Armenians sometimes to, uh, uh, to exaggerate sometimes, you know, to <laughs> say, you know, Armenians, oh, everything is... is uh, yeah, you know, we invented uh, everything. We, we invented everything. I mean, let's face <laughs> we, it, the, we, podcast, the podcast, we probably invented the podcast. <laughs> Nobody else did this video. <laughs> we invented Tesla. We invented Tesla, yes. <laughs> no, but we, we, I think uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, uh, we talk about uh, Armenians, this heroic past of Armenia and, and lands and uh, this, this, you know, not all of it was, was true. Not all of it, not all of it was, was right. So we had some difficult times. We had difficult moments. And, and we had some embarrassing times too, but the only time that you can you can speak with pride and you say this was the powerful Armenia, this was the time was Armenia was really powerful, and this was man. There was one man who was able to do this with respect, with dignity. You know, he would treat all these slaves with really dignity, and, yeah. and he brought tolerance too. He would bring he would, he brought. Uh, uh, you know, Jewish people to the city. He brought mm -hmm. Greek people to the city, and and they were able to live with uh, with dignity. And, and uh, at that time in Armenia, he created this wonderful society. That this the one of the visions that he had. I think the only time we can speak that Armenia was really powerful, it was the time of Tigran the Great. It was this great power, mm -hmm. equal to other powers. Yeah. Sometimes that's the thing we we tend to uh, describe Armenia as equal to Persians and Armenians, and we think that. We were able to sometimes, but the only time we were able to come close to, you know, uh, capturing or being real enemy of, of Rome, the rest of the time we were just another country on the way, yeah. you know. Yeah. And talking about his diplomatic mind, you know, his genius. Um, so it's a sense of pride and a sense of, you know, um, historic past, really historic past. Yeah. That we can go and say, you know, this was a time when, when Armenia was on the map, yes. as you say. This was a time... And we can be proud of today. This was a time it can be an inspiration for us. One thing that I learned recently, there was this scholar who was talking about Tigran the Great and, and today's Armenia. Today's, I mean, the, the movement, Artsakh movement that started. Uh, uh -huh. they were because it especially came up after the, the, uh, the, the uh, you know, they were able to find Tigran Akert in, in, in Artsakh, in Nagorno-Karabakh. There is a legend about Tigran that says when he was enthroned, in Armenia, there was a star in the sky. The star was shining for some time. Mm -hmm. There was a certain name for that star. 
And the same star appeared during the movement of Artsakh in Armenia too. Uh, really? So he was comparing the times between, you know, there is that legend about Tigran and the times of Artsakh, the movement and liberation. They were able to liberate part of Armenia. Interesting. For the first time. Yeah. Before that, we were losing and losing and losing. So the only time was when we had a... Yeah. So there was interesting uh, time and interesting comparison. So Tigran for me is a symbol of power, is a symbol of uh, heroism, is a symbol of uh, something beautiful and wonderful that Tigran was able, was able to do. And that's why he's called great. You know, that star that you mentioned is, uh, there was a comet in 100, 100, 105 BC, and that, that Tigran actually put that on some, you can see it on the oh, tiara yes. sometimes. So on the crown, sometimes the crown, they have the star. Yes. So if you look at the if you look at the images of the coins or images of Tigran, you'll see that between on his on his crown on the tiara, there's two birds for the Artaxia dynasty, and then in the middle, sometimes there's a sun, sometimes there's a there's a, yeah. a comet. They had the star on a Komagene crown too. Are there are there any monuments for Tigran in Armenia? I know Tigran Metz is a big avenue. Yeah. In, in, in the central of Yerevan. Yeah. Uh, let me think. I don't. I. I, I don't recall any. No statues big, or. No Stigan Meds. But you can get T-shirts with his coin on it at the Vernissage. <laughs> <Very much. laughs> <laughs> There's a statue of Arthur Mami going just across the street <laughs> <from> the <laughs> Well, that's the story of Tigran the Great. Yep. Thank you for Wonderful. listening. Shnor Hagaliam. Shnor Hagaliam. And as, as always, if you have any uh, questions, any yes. comments, and any suggestions or corrections or thoughts, please submit to us. If you have any suggestions for topics, we would love to hear that as well. Please like and subscribe.